Welcome to the Relaxed Running Podcast, the show that helps runners and athletes in running-based sports transform the way they run. Here's your host, Tyson Popplestone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Relaxed Running Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here. I'm just thinking on my run today, I wanted to mix up this week's podcast and come to you with a few thoughts because I went out for a 40-minute run and I was just doing some thinking about the lessons that I've learned over the last 20 years of being a distance runner. But more specifically, I was thinking about the things that really stripped joy away from me in this sport over the course of that time. So obviously, uh, like any lessons that we learn, we, we, we constantly seem to come back to them in some capacity. So these are lessons that I've learned since I was 13 years old, but I'm constantly still learning. It's amazing how even though you know them, you come back and speak about them, you think about them, you go, okay, I haven't completely mastered that yet. And I was trying to navigate on my run today. If I had to boil this down to five or six different lessons that would be the most helpful for me to learn and also to share with the athletes that I coach or those of you who listen to this podcast, what would they be? And so I came home and spent some time. I wrote down a whole list of things that had been frustrating to me throughout the course of my own running history. And then I boiled them down to five. So today I wanted to share with you these five things that if you can be aware of and conscious of, is going to greatly enhance how much joy you get from your running training, whatever it is that you're training for, whether you're brand new, whether you're a professional, whether you're not even running specifically to be a distance runner, maybe you're just training to compete in another sport. These are some really practical guidelines that I would recommend um, for you to focus on and for you to try and improve or eliminate from your own schedule in order to increase your joy as a distance runner. So the first one Actually, before I get into it, I probably should say, if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time now, I'm sure you've heard either me or the guests that I've been speaking to speak on these subjects at some time. These aren't unique. I mean, it's not like they're a magical list. We're all going to um, be familiar with the fact that these are a part of not just our running even, but just part of day-to-day lives. So without further ado, let's get into them. The first one is this game of comparison. Now, if you haven't realized already, every athlete proceeds, improves at a different rate. And this starts as a young kid. I was actually just speaking to a guy today, um, Darren, who's up in Sydney. His son, 13 years old, is training for AFL, and he's been a part of the program now for a couple of years. And I was saying to him that as a young guy, I was mind blown. So when I was his kid's age, I was mind blown at just the range of talent there is. I remember when I was about 14 or 15, there was a bloke called Tyson Mann who I think he was running 353 for 1500 meters at the age of 15. And for a little bit of context, I was probably running maybe mid 430s, 430-ish. My PB was 427, but I was at that stage uh, having a little bit of a rough patch in the uh, in the running performance. And I could not understand how I was ever going to get near a bloke like that. I would stand next to him at the start line, and he was he was bigger than my dad. He was a big unit, a great guy too. I remember him well. And as a junior, he was pretty much the man. He was the kid to beat. He was the kid to beat. I actually don't know what happened. I'm sure some of you who are here in Australia or Victoria especially would know the name Tyson Mann. Maybe you can fill me in. I think he went to triathlon. But over the course of a few years, I think he struggled with um, injuries, and it wasn't that long 
until things started to even up. And I don't say that to embarrass Tyson Martin. I say that because progress for every single athlete happens at a different rate. And if I was going to compare myself to him at 14 or 15 and think, okay, well, if you're that good and I'm running these times and there's no future for me in this sport, I, I wouldn't have continued. Thank God for me, I had the voice of some wise coaches and other athletes around me to say, hey, your age, kids develop at different rates. Sure, talent's a thing, but don't get caught up looking at what, in my instance, Tyson Mahan's doing. Focus on what it is that you can improve as an athlete. And this is such a simple thing, but it, it's tricky to keep your um, a, a grip on because there's so many ways for comparison to sneak in. I don't know if you're a user of Strava, but often it's fun and inspiring to scroll through and see what everyone else is doing for training. Uh, but one of the things that you can quickly do is start paying attention to times that people are running or distances that people are running or performances that people are running and think, oh, I'd really like to be there right now. And it can just strip away that whole process. Obviously, regardless of who you are, there's going to be points in your running career where you're going to have um, injury, you're going to have fatigue, you're going to have, you're going to have good runs, you're going to have bad runs. One thing I would recommend that you do, especially in those periods of um, inverted commas, bad runs, is just to try and switch off from whatever your kryptonite is. Maybe for some of you it's Instagram, maybe for some of you it's Strava, maybe it's Facebook, maybe it's just general conversations. Remind yourself that you have a certain plan, you have a certain direction, you've got certain goals. I think Jordan Peterson says, don't compare yourself to who someone else is today, compare yourself to who you were yesterday. And this is a quote that I often come back to in so many areas of my life. Your running will improve if you can just constantly, consistently show up. You can't do anything about the talent that you've been given, so there's no point worrying about that. But you can do a lot about the work that you put in and about what you allow to come through your mind. So comparison is the thief of joy. If you can eliminate that one, or at least keep a check on it, you're going to see some good, you're at least going to feel better, I should say, about being out there and doing the running. The second thing that I wanted to mention is this idea of impatience. You and I, as distance runners, as passionate people, I'm, a, uh, I'm sure to be a distance runner, it seems to attract passionate people. We're pretty keen to see the results that we would like to achieve now. <laughs> and if we feel as though we're a long way off those results, often this impatience creeps in. Now, what's the matter with impatience? Well, impatience, a lot of the time, it, it gives us too much of a hurry. It forces us into maybe overtraining, extending the speed or the distance of the runs that we're going out and doing. And as a result, not really enjoying the whole process of being out there enjoying the buildup. So with any marathon buildup, I think serves as a great example. You've got 16 weeks for so many buildups. And the reason that you've got 16 weeks is because what you want to be doing in round one is going to be doing uh, is going to be very different to what you're doing in sort of round 15 or week 15 or week 16. There's a gradual build-up process involved and at the risk of repeating myself over and over again, running rewards those who are the most consistent. So if you can consistently rock up and do, even if it's slightly less than what you're capable of doing in terms of distance or intensity, and you can go out there and you can actually enjoy the process, maybe listen to a podcast or just enjoy the feeling of the sun or just enjoy the feeling of getting outside and rolling the legs over, it becomes such a more enjoyable sport. So when it comes to impatience, I mean, for each of us, it's going to creep up in different ways. I remember for me, I used to get impatient. It was more an antsiness. 
I knew where I wanted to be in about six months time and then I would freak out that the training that I was doing wasn't going to get me there. So rather than focusing on what I had to get done on that particular day, which might have been an easy jog, that voice on the inside of my mind would be like, no, no, but Tice, in six months, you want to be here. So why don't you use this as an opportunity to just get a head start on your opposition and start going a little bit harder than what you need to. And a lot of the time, a lot of the time, when you start to use your easier runs as harder sessions as a way to, once again, inverted commas, uh, inverted commas, get a jump on the rest of the opposition, you very quickly realize that there's a plateau in performance there's a pressure because each and every run that you go out on all of a sudden turns into almost like a time trial or a, a little bit of a, a challenge to um, be better than what you were on last week's run. I would say this, rather than being impatient, have a plan and know the purpose for each run within that plan. If you've got an easy run or a recovery run, it's there for a reason. It's there to help you absorb the harder work. Don't fall into this trap of thinking that more is better and faster is better and to improve as a distance runner, you just got to keep on doing those things at a higher and faster level. Often, quite counterintuitive, the very opposite result comes into play. The third point, which ties in beautifully to the second point, is this idea of consistency. One of the major killers of your joy of running is inconsistent training. Because inconsistent training, it doesn't allow us to see the improvements that naturally take place over the course of uh, you know weeks or months, even years. So many athletes, they'll come out hot, and especially athletes who have not been on the ball with the first two things, this idea of comparison and this idea of patience, they often struggle to be consistent because why would you be consistently doing something that just brings you such a um, sense of, what do you say? It just brings a real lack of joy. There's not really much that you can enjoy when you're constantly comparing where you are to someone else and you're impatient with the results. So as a result, we don't put in the work that we need to do. We um, will take days off here and there. I would encourage you, and I mentioned this just before, rather than trying to just do more and more, back off the intensity slightly. Get to the end of your week and think, hey, I probably could have pushed the pace a bit harder there. I probably could have run a little bit further there. If you've got a little bit of room up your sleeve for improvement in pace and distance, then your ability to be able to get out there and actually feel good when you run is going to be greatly enhanced. And the beauty with that is if you're feeling good when you run, no one, no, no, none of us are going to feel good every single run. But if you can feel good on more runs than you feel bad on, your joy for running is going to increase. And hey, naturally, like when you feel joy doing something, you're going to enjoy getting out there and doing it more. Just like watching Netflix. I mean, it's easy to go and do because there's so many good options on there. The more you enjoy something, the more easy it is to get out there and do it. Running has a reputation for rewarding those athletes who are the most consistent. And the most consistent athletes are the ones usually who enjoy what they're doing, who are patient with themselves, who aren't comparing themselves, and who are actually taking the time to see where it is that they've improved. If you compare yourself to where you were 12 months ago or to where you were when you first started running, it's mind-blowing to see how much improvement can take place. So actually celebrate the little wins. I know for me, I often get caught up thinking, okay, I know where I need to be in 12 months. And as a result, any progress that gets made isn't celebrated enough based on the fact that it, it's... Um, it's not the, what do you say? Like if you're constantly just aiming for an Olympic gold medal and you don't have any little checkpoints along the way, you're going to be disappointed with anything less than a gold medal. So what I'm saying is, hey, on the road to trying to get that gold medal, celebrate your wins. One of my best mates, James O'Connor, jocker, 
he often, um, he, he, he'll challenge me to celebrate the little wins. He'll challenge himself. So it's good to have someone in your ear to go, hey, you've made a lot of improvement here. You've made a lot of progress. Celebrate it because that doesn't always happen. The, the second last one that I wanted to mention is lacking direction. Uh, I've got a tattoo on my arm. It's of a ship saying homeward bound. And what I like about that tattoo is, uh, well, when I got it, I like the idea of a ship always knows where it's going. It's always heading in some direction. If it didn't have a direction, it'd be crazy to go out to sea because if you go out to sea without any idea of where you're trying to get to, yeah, good luck with the navigation. It doesn't matter whether it's career or running or relationships or health. If you don't know what you're aiming for, you don't know when you've hit it. So I would ask you this question. Have you got any clear idea on what it is that you're trying to achieve with your running at the moment? Do you have a target race? Do you have a target weight? Do you have a target time? Do you have a target distance? If you don't have any of that, sit down and do a little bit of brainstorming because the beauty of having that clarity is that it makes it so much easier to train to hit that goal. If you don't know whether you're training for a 100-meter sprint or a marathon, how do you structure your training? But once you've got that goal race, say you're saying, all right, I want to run the Gold Coast Marathon in 2024. You go, okay, well, we're still a year out. How about I just lay down a little bit of a foundation? How about I get comfortable running a little bit more distance, extending the distance that I can run, gradually extending the pace that I can run, structuring a few of the sessions, and then 12 or 16 weeks out, we'll really start to wind it up based on the foundation that we've laid down for ourselves. That is a far more confident, uh, confidence-building approach than just going, oh, I'll just go out and run and, and we'll just see what we can create and see what we can do. The final one which I've touched on is one that we all fall into, and it's this idea of overtraining. And I think I, I finished with this one based on the fact that if you're constantly comparing yourself, you're constantly impatient, you're lacking consistency with your training because of those things and you have no direction, it's so easy just to use every single run as an opportunity to go further and faster. And the problem with that is you can do that for a few weeks and you might get away with it. You might even see some remarkable improvements in those few weeks, but it's a very short-lived thing. Overtraining is is the thing that we've got to be careful of. For many distance runners, it's not the, the training that's actually the problem. What takes more discipline for us is to actually go, hey, you've put in the work, you've done the hard yards, put your feet up today, give yourself a little rest, give yourself some time to recover. If you give yourself that break in between hard sessions, you're going to be amazed at not only how fresh you are when you get out there for your next session, but how much better it feels in your legs being able to feel that little bit of pop. I mean, we, we all see those old school marathon shufflers who like they can run forever and you say sprint and the pace doesn't change. <laughs> The reason for that is we're we're not focused on quality work or they're not focused on quality work. They're focused on quantity. Now, I mean, that serves its part for some people as well, but not all of us are are trying to be Cliff Youngs and just run across Australia. Some of us are starting to try and run fast time. So there are a few things that I've often fallen into. Still at times I will fall into. Um, It's a lot easier to talk about, but when your emotions get involved when you're out there on a run, it can be more difficult to uh, be reasonable with your approach to that. So As always, if you're stuck, you're confused, you've got no guidance, you would like some help navigating your way towards your goal race, please reach out. uh, I'll link the coaching options that I have available. So if you're interested in actually getting a little bit of guidance, working one-on-one together, I would absolutely love to do that with you. It doesn't matter where you are. I've currently got athletes here in Victoria. I've got athletes up in New South Wales, uh, New Zealand, Seattle, 
uh, man, I'm starting to come up with a little bit of a reputation for having athletes all over the world, which is the beauty of uh, which is the beauty of the online world. So if you are interested in that, you don't need to be near me for that to work. If you'd like to line up a Zoom call for you and me to have a bit of a chat about how we might be able to structure training to get you towards your goal, would love to do that as well. But for now, a little bit of food for thought. Um, it's Friday. We're about to get into the weekend. I hope you get an opportunity to put your feet up, rest. And um, we'll be back here next week with uh, another interview. All right, guys, happy training. We'll see you all then. Thanks for listening to the Relaxed Running Podcast. If you're ready to become a faster, more efficient runner, visit www.relaxedrunning.com 